thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad you're joining us today. We thank you for joining us. And I tell you this, I'm believing for answers for you. Amen. Answers for your life. Answers for your family. Answers yes. for your home. Amen. Yes. We've been teaching on the mind. And I tell you, it is such a, such a joy to get to do this because the Word has much to say. And I tell you, when we find out what the Word says, life is sweet Amen. when we're a doer of that Word. We've been using as our golden text, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Part of our inheritance in Christ is a sound mind. Thank God healing belongs to us. Prosperity belongs to us. The nine fruits of the Spirit belong to us. So much belongs to us, but don't leave out a sound mind. Yeah. But we have to rightly know how to handle a sound mind so that we keep that sound mind in the... We're flowing with the sound mind and not letting something in that's going to impair a sound mind right. and impair right thinking. Now, we know this, that the enemy is seeking to inject wrong thoughts. Why is that? Because he can, only th he can only work through wrong thoughts. When we have right thoughts in place, he's got no way to work. And that's what the Bible calls renewing the mind. What is renewing of the mind? It means to take on God's way of thinking. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when we think like God, we're putting right thoughts in place and therefore we're giving God permission to work. We're eliminating and running out wrong thinking. Amen. <clears throat> so a sound mind belongs to us. Um, years ago, uh, my husband was conducting a, a miracle service here at the church. And I believe it was on a midweek, a Friday night miracle service, if I remember correctly. And he had preached on healing. And uh, at the end of the sermon, at the end of the, uh, of his sermon, he said to me, he said, um, God's telling me that you have something. So I just got up. So I just got up. I didn't know I had anything, but I've learned this, is that when you step out uh, in faith, then what, you, what God has for you will start flowing. So I took the microphone and when I did, I started speaking in tongues. And then I interpreted what I said into English. And that happened three times at night. And that night God said to us by the Spirit of God, he said this, there are three primary ways that believers or my people open the door to sickness or to the devil or to defeat. So notice this, the devil cannot do anything to us anytime he wants. But we have to make sure that we're not doing 
what Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 27, neither give place to the devil. So see, we're redeemed from sickness. We're redeemed from disease. We're redeemed from these things. But we can, if we're not watchful, if we're not guarding our thought life, guarding our words, we can open the door to the devil. That doesn't mean we're back under the curse. We're delivered. We're redeemed from the curse. But if we're not careful, we can give place to the devil. And if we gave place to the devil, we can take back the place we gave him. Amen. Amen. The devil cannot take, it, take a place in us. We have to give it to him. And that's what Paul said, neither give place to the devil. And so God was telling us that night that there are three primary ways, not the only ways, but three primary ways that a believer can open the door to the devil or give place to him. But as I said, I teach this because I want you to know that if we, if we see where we've given him a place, we can take back that place. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yes. So the Spirit of God spoke to us that night and he said there are three primary ways. And so I want to look at those real quickly. Then we're going to go back and look at the first one in detail. So the Spirit said that night, the number one way that Christians open the door to sickness or to the devil or to any defeat from the enemy is number one, through the loss of peace. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, remember what Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. I give that to you. It's, it's from him. It's his own peace. Let's not lay it down to anything else. Amen. Then the second thing that God, that the spirit of God said to us that night that opens the door to the devil, he said, is turning away from the plan of God, veering off of the plan of God. Listen, God, before you were ever born, he put a, a plan in place for your life. And I tell you, that plan will arrive you at the best life. But you have to, you have to desire it. He won't force it on you. But you have to agree with that plan for your life. And when people choose to go away of their own planning, they get further and further away from the greatness of the things that God's plan held for them. Well, <clears throat> in the plan of God uh, is complete safety. In the plan of God is complete protection. Amen. Amen. I want to read to you. I'll quote to you John chapter 4 in verse 34. Jesus made this statement. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Notice Jesus wasn't there just doing his own plan. He was there to fulfill the will of the Father, carry out and finish it, not just start it, but finish it. Amen. It's good to start it. It's right to start it, but we have to finish it. And Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So notice this. Um, he calls the will of God my meat. What's your meat? Well, it nourishes you. It strengthens you. It fortifies you. And he's saying what meat or nourishment is to the body, that's what the will of God is to my life. It nourishes me. And so when we are uh, walking out, staying in line with God's will and God's plan for our life, we keep the door closed to the enemy. But when we veer off the plan, that's when we start opening the door to the enemy when we implement what we wanted to do, mm -hmm. something of our own plan. 
And so that's the second way. So the first way we can, the first primary way that we can open the door to sickness or the devil is number one, that we, it's through the loss of peace or stepping out of peace, Mm -hmm. yielding to something other than peace. Number two is through veering away from the plan of God for our life. God said this to me, and I don't want, before I go any further, I don't want to forget to say it. He said, make my people to know that long life is connected to my plan. Now notice this, long life is connected to my plan. We need to eat right. We need to exercise right. All of those things have their place and they're important. But if we're outside of the plan of God, none of that's going to sustain us. We're sustained by his power, his life and flowing in his will. And if we veer off the plan of God, that uh, that's when we can open the door for wrong things to start happening. So God said, make my people to know that long life is connected to my plan. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Then the third thing that the spirit of God spoke to us that night was really, I, I was, I, I was, it was unexpected to me. I was a little bit surprised, but so blessed that he gave us this light. The, he said the third primary way that believers open the door to the devil, open the door to sickness is through their lack of gratitude. Listen to that lack of gratitude. You know, the, the psalmist wrote and said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. If we're not praising God, there's a lack of gratitude somewhere. When we're grateful, we're thankful. Amen. When we're grateful for something, then we're thankful for it, right? My mother, growing up, there were four kids in the family, and my mother was a good cook. And we would, most of the time, we were all there unable to eat dinner together at night. And I remember being little, and I would say, can I have the potatoes? And she'd just look at me and I'd say, please. And then she'd move to pick it up because until I showed gratitude and appreciation, she would not even move to hand that to me. And so she would pick it up once I said, please, and she'd hand it to me, but she wouldn't release it. If I'd go to take it, she wouldn't take her hand off of it until I said, thank you. Why? Because in our household, gratitude was mandatory for you to receive something. Why does the psalmist say his praise shall continually be in my mouth? It's a flow of gratitude. Not only that, it's a flow of faith. Amen. Amen. It's the voice of faith is praising and worshiping and gratitude for what God's provided. Amen. You're not praising him for it if you don't believe it. Right? So it is a flow of faith. So the Holy Spirit said to us that night that this third way, primary way that we can open the door to sickness, to the enemy, to to defeat is through having a lack of gratitude. What you're not grateful for, the enemy will steal from you. Now know this, everything God has blessed you with, the devil is trying to steal it from you. Everything, everything, your health, your peace, your joy, the nine fruits of the spirit, everything, the plan of God, everything that God's blessed you with, the devil is busy trying to steal from you. When you're grateful over something, you're watchful over it. If we're not grateful for something, we're not watchful over it. And you have to pay attention, be vigilant, because why? The enemy, he's seeking to to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can steal the word from you, and if he can steal 
if he can steal from you, he'll, he'll destroy mm -hmm. what he's stolen from you. Amen. <clears throat> and so we understand this, that gratitude plays a, plays a part in maintaining what we've received from God, but it also plays a part in keeping us in the receiving mode. When somebody got married, a man asked a woman to marry or vice versa, however it happened for you. <laughs> <laughs> they were grateful for one another. Why do people end up with their marriages falling apart? Somewhere along the line, somebody lost gratitude for each other. Whether it's on one part, on one side or both sides, whatever, a lack of gratitude. No one ever stood in a divorce court and said, I'm just so grateful for this person. I'm so grateful for my spouse. I'm so grateful. No, there's gratitude lost. And when there's a loss of gratitude, things can be stolen. A marriage, a home, the peace of that home. Amen. The unity of that home, right? Well, even so with spiritual things, when there's gratitude, you keep the enemy's hands off of it because I'm too grateful for this. You're, I'm watching. You're not touching this. Amen. So when we, when we have a lack of gratitude, we're not watching over things as we ought. I want to read to you Deuteronomy chapter 28 and uh, verse 47. Now, this is the Amplified Classic Translation. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 47 and 48. It says this, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness of mind and heart, mm -hmm. look at these words, in gratitude mm -hmm. for the abundance of all with which he has blessed you, therefore you shall serve your enemies. Amen. What's this mean? God's not sentencing the enemy in on you. It's just that through lack of gratitude, we let the devil in. You understand that? So as we praise God in gratitude for things, it helps us to stay mindful of the things that belongs to us in Christ. It's so important that we're mindful. That we're, if we're thanking, thank you for my health, then we're mindful of that. Thank you for my prosperity. We're mindful of that. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my job, for the house I live in, the apartment I live in, wherever you live, for my car, for my job. Thank you for it. When you're, when you're giving gratitude, when you're giving gratitude for it, you're staying mindful of it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. And again, this is the Amplified Classic Translation. It says, Through Him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. Now listen to this. Constantly and at all times. At times when things are in place and at times when things are trying to get out of place. He tells us what to do at every moment of time. What every season of time, every event in time, what are we to do? Constantly and at all times, offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. And then he defines what a sacrifice of praise is, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. So can you see that if we're not doing this, we give place to the enemy? We can open the door to the enemy. Why? Because we're not being mindful of what he's made ours when we're not grateful for it. Amen. Amen. So those three things the Spirit gave us that night 
of ways that we can give place to the devil, open the door to sickness is number one, through the loss of peace. That means you didn't lose your peace, but you step outside of it. You let something rob you of the peace that is yours. The peace is still there, stir it up. The peace is still there, get, get fear off of it. Get things off of your peace, amen. Second thing is veering from the plan of God. The third thing is through lack of gratitude. Now, I want us to focus, go back to the first thing, and let's focus on that, of how we open the door to the enemy is, number one, through the loss of peace. That's what the Spirit of God said. Go with me to Mark chapter 5, and we're going to read through this whole passage because it's so important for us to see the place of peace, the role of peace in our life. Mark chapter 5, and this is the King James that I'm going to be reading out of. And this is verse 25 through verse 34. We're going to read those nine verses. And it says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood for 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, or the Amplified said this, she kept saying. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said, to, said unto him, You see the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Look at verse 34. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Look at this. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Look at the words, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole. Or we could say this, stay whole. Stay whole of thy plague. I want to read just that last phrase out of the Amplified Classic Translation. It says, Go in into peace. And continual and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. So we see this that after she received her healing, he's telling her how to keep it. Don't get out of peace. Stay in the flow of peace. Why? Because that which steals your peace will steal your healing too. And if you let go of your peace, you'll let go of your healing. Amen. I'm so thankful to know these things because people don't realize it matters what you do after you're healed. Now, do you understand that? It matters what you do after you receive your healing, what you do with your thought life, what you do with your body, what you do with your fellowship with God. Have you ever noticed, and I have a sermon, I haven't preached it in a long time, of where to go after you're healed that many of the instances of people that were healed, that the, that the Word records, we see where they went after they were healed. Uh, 
we find them in the temple. The many went with the disciples into the temple. Where you go after you're healed is going to determine what happens to that healing. Because people get the idea, well, if God healed me, then I'll be always healed. Well, don't forget, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And everything God's blessed you with, the devil's always trying to steal it from us. So we have to protect what we have received from God and peace, staying in the flow of peace, not losing our peace, not stepping out of peace is one flow that we have to stay in to, to, to hold fast to what we receive from God. Amen. You have to wonder. Uh, see, Jesus wasn't just interested in her healing. He was interested in her keeping her healing too. Not just receiving it, but keeping it. So he told her, peace is how you're going to keep it. Stay in peace. And we have to wonder, it makes me wonder, is, it, is that how she opened the door to lose her health to begin with? Is he diagnosing the remedy for her so that she doesn't open the door again to the enemy? Also, so the Spirit of God said to us that night, he said, uh, the primary way people open the door to sickness and disease to the devil, to defeat, is number one, they lose their peace. Then he said this to me, they lose their peace through yielding to worry, fear, or doubt. Mm -hmm. Notice this, worry, fear, or doubt. Well, really, fear, worry and doubt are an outflow of fear. I mean, fear is the parent of all of that. Mm -hmm. But we want to break them down a little bit because they, they function a little bit different, although they're, or they're recognized sometimes a little bit differently. But they're all fear. When you take your stand against fear, you're taking your stand against doubt. When you take your stand against fear, you're taking your stand against worry. Amen. Amen. But the, the peace that Jesus made yours is part of your inheritance. You have to protect it. Worry comes to try to steal it. You better keep it off. If we yield, a, if, we, uh, if we get into the flow of worry or we yield to the flow of worry, uh, we, have to, we have to step outside of peace to worry. And it's dangerous to step outside of peace. Listen, Jesus gave us our peace because that was the only way we could uh, enjoy the victory that was ours. It's in the peace flow. Amen. I went to the home of a precious, really a general in the body of Christ. This was years ago. I was in my 20s. And uh, most of you, if I said his name, you would know him because he, he was a precious man, a precious general in the body of Christ. He's gone home to be with the Lord now. But we were invited, me along with some other people, were invited over to their home. And it was the first time I had been there. And when I walked into their house, it was a lovely home. But my eye was immediately drawn to the backyard because you could walk in the front, yard, front door and you could see the backyard all the way uh, through the, the, the main room there. So I immediately walked over to the back, back window where the backyard was and I said, "Oh, I said this backyard is fabulous. I mean, it looked like it looked like an oasis. Lovely trees and flowers. It was just lush." And he made a statement that I'll never forget. He said, "Pay whatever it costs to buy peace." Now, he wasn't talking about the peace that Jesus already made ours, but what he was saying, whatever gives an atmosphere of peace around your life, it's worth the cost. 
Amen. It's worth the cost. He was emphasizing the value of peace. He said, when I'm in a place of peace, when I'm in a place of beauty, he said, I'm able for me, he said, other things that God has put in me come out easier in that setting. Amen. Pay whatever it costs to buy peace. And I could tell he had spent a lot of money on that backyard, but he was saying just to have this setting is worth the cost. Amen. Now, Jesus, as I said, he already paid for our peace, but we pay the cost of renewing our mind, of getting the word in us because it's worth whatever effort we put toward it to have a a mind of peace. Amen. Uh, No man ever knows what true peace is without Jesus. There may be some of you watching and say, Pastor Nancy, I... uh, I've never really known what it's like to have peace. Well, you can. I said, you can. And the only entrance into peace is Jesus. (laughs) You know, we all read the Christmas story, so to speak, that tells about Jesus's conception and birth and how he was born into the earth at Christmas time. And we celebrate that and you'll read it with your children. And notice what the angels proclaimed to the shepherds that were in the field the night of Jesus's birth. In the first the first word out of the angel's mouth was peace. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Jesus' birth was announced with peace because he's the entrance into peace. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, he demonstrated peace throughout his earthly ministry. I said he demonstrated it. He demonstrated and taught us how to live it, that you can live a life free from fear, free from worry, free from depression, but you have to have the Prince of Peace in you. He's the Prince of Peace because peace is so valuable. So right now where you're at, you might say, Pastor Nancy, my mind has been so troubled. My life has been troubled. My home has been troubled. My body has been troubled. I tell you what, there's peace for it. But you have to receive the Prince of Peace. Listen, Jesus is the gift that God gave the whole world. But even though he's provided the gift of Jesus, Jesus must be received. So right where you're at, all you have to do to be born again, to receive the Prince of Peace, so that this peace can come in you to abide and govern your life, that all it's waiting is for your permission. The Word says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So right now we want to give you that opportunity. Just pray this after me. Say, Father, I receive the gift that you've sent to the world. That's Jesus. Jesus, I receive you. I receive you into my heart. I receive you as my Savior and as the Lord of my life. And so because I receive you, my sins are washed away by your blood. You give me a brand new start. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. And I'm a child of God now. Well, we want to know about that. I said, we want to know about that. You can contact us. We'll send you a Bible. We'll send you some teaching materials. Go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and let us know that you received Jesus as your Savior. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. 
Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, September 4th through the 8th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. This life-changing book by Nancy Dufresne, A Sound Disciplined Mind, will instruct you on how to do that. God's Word will reach into your everyday life, transforming it. It will lift you from the commonplace into the supernatural. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.